Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and it is sports time. As we are talking week 18, 18, last week of the season uh, in the National Football League. I'm your host, as always, Matt Pearson. Joining me today is Bill Needles. How the heck are you, Bill? I am well, thank you. All right, good to have you. And uh, running at the trifecta, as always, is Craig Needles. How you doing, Craig? I'm uh, I'm ready to go for what uh, a last week of games that has I think fewer meaningful games than usual, but uh, since a couple. They, of since do- they started doing divisional divisional matchups, yeah, I'd say it's it's been uh, this is one of the weaker this is ones. Fewer meaningful games than usual, but uh, the Sunday Nighter is a doozy. Yeah, we got some, and there's a couple gems snuck in there too, and they uh, they they lined it up so that uh, a couple teams. Uh, look like they're still gonna play, but uh, yeah. Uh, just uh, one programming note: we weren't able to record. Like we we missed out recording on week seventeen. So hopefully you saw some of our. Actually, hopefully you didn't, based on how we did, because we did not. <laughs> we did not have a great week seventeen. But I don't think our picks were bad. We just got hosed. Like the Colts, like like getting ending up with the, with the. We got backdoored by the uh, by the Raiders and ended up with the push on the on the on the Colts. That was a bad one, and it just oh, it was it was it was a. Just a strange week, uh, week 17 for sure. But, uh, you know, yeah, we weren't able to record. Just weren't able to find the time. It's busy. It's the holiday season. It was Christmas, New Year's, et cetera, et cetera. We, we, we just, we, we couldn't find a time where all three of us were available. So what are you going to do? But we're back here for week 18. And luckily, you know, other than kind of a, uh, a, a mid gambling week, luckily nothing untoward happened to anybody in, in week 17. And there certainly wasn't anything worth discussing, uh, or, or any rule changes that need to be made, or any any procedural uh, decisions, or any I don't know firings that might have needed to happen. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I, I I mean as a Lions fan, I've come on this podcast with you guys, and I've texted you guys in real I've texted you guys you know in IRL and saying that basically after each Lions win. I would always, because there's montages of the referees screwing over the Detroit Lions that are 14 to 20 minutes long, based on how much of the video they actually want to want to say. Got a little longer this week, by the way. Uh, and I would watch them after every Lions victory to stay humble. Uh, a, because this is, you know, the Lions having an 11 and five record is obviously it's this is this is dark territory for me. Strange, uh, but also I knew this was coming, and unlike. Most of, of you know, uh, of uh, Lions Nation or One Pride or whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, there, there was the usual bout of anger and I can't believe this happened again and we got screwed. I, I had an overwhelming sense, oddly, of relief in that moment. Because I now know that this cannot happen during a playoff game. Right? You know? But like that specific not error specifically this, happen. yeah. No, that specific error, but like, there's no the the the, the 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 there will be such a microscope under the the referees that I I think now that they will be afraid uh, to put the game in their own hands if the if the game involves the Detroit Lions in the playoffs, which quite frankly I like, I like that. Yeah. I, I, I think yeah, I. I, I I'll say this: If I were you, I'd rather have the two seed locked up, which would be the Fair. case right now. Yeah. Had the Lions beaten the. Yeah, and and here's the thing: Everybody keeps saying it was taken a, like it took a win away, and I was like, that was not a guarantee. 
There was still 23 no. seconds left, and the Cowboys had two timeouts, yeah. and they'd been getting No, no, down. no, they had one timeout. Remember, they called the timeout right before oh. the first time for the two-point Well, one, one is still— I remember, is... I remember Jay Croucher from NBC being like, what's Mike doing? Mike, Mike you need that timeout. Like, yeah, <laughs> just... yeah. Anyway, um, that's, that's one timeout. Enough. But still, it wasn't over-over, but it, like with no. one timeout, though, like— pretty over true i thought they still had two but yeah it, it, they, it oh, they, they burned one right before the first attempt of the two-point conversion yeah they definitely did one uh they, uh, they definitely uh i mean but the i don't know the lion's secondary was capable of giving up a uh an inexplicable bomb downfield that the defense that, had a nice game like dallas has been shredding right. people shredding yeah. them other than that little Lions 92 yard nice touchdown game. that cd lamb had at the beginning of the game good lord sure no no uh, yeah and that was that was a bad play but that basically uh, like dallas's offense wasn't uh, other than that one explosive play which i understand is a big caveat uh the detroit like detroit defense held them to what 20 points was that what it was yeah that was and you knew it was going to be an you knew that was going to be an under game and we would have said that on the podcast if we were able to record if we weren't that was that that over in that Saturday night game was the most heavily bet over I've seen all year so you knew that it was going to get weird and it was going to go to the under and then you saw CeeDee Lamb did the old fumble on the one yard line into the into the end zone for the touchback and the Lions went for it on fourth down uh, on the on the Cowboys two and came up empty and I'm like oh there we go here you know it was just like no shot right no shot that the over uh, 50 and it was like a high over too I was just like there's no shot it's going to end up being a close one uh, and then it was and yeah, nothing left to say other than the refs bungled it, and the only thing that really annoys me about it is the gaslighting from the NFL uh, <laughs> online trying to say that the refs didn't bungle it. It was it's on the Lions. The Lions they were too deceitful, and it's like oh man, I mean that's a shame. It's a shame we have to go back and take away uh, all the Cy Youngs from everybody who ever threw a curveball. Uh, you know, it's it's just. It's too, it was too deceitful with the Lions. Uh, well, you know what? Do, I'll, I'll, I'll say this right now, and I know this is going to be upsetting for a lot of people, but uh, we're going to have to take away all Joe Montana's MVPs because he was being yeah. deceitful with that play action. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, oh, man, never should. He, he, he can't... tricked the linebacker into thinking it was a run. It turns out it was a pass all along. Yeah. It's just like... You rascal. Oh, man, yeah. That that was the only part that was annoying was because it wasn't just a little bit of gaslighting from the NFL. It was like a lot. They're like, no, no, no. Look, and John, look. like John Perry, the, the like, look, I, I know some people hate the, the rules guys that they have on the broadcast. Oh, and it, it, sure for the do. most part, I think they do. They do a good job of explaining the rules. Yeah. Uh, and and if you don't like it, it's more of a situation of, OK, you're mad at the NFL for the rules. You're not mad at the person explaining it to you. Don't shoot the messenger. Uh, however, in this particular case, John Perry's like finding every excuse he possibly can for like that massive, massive fuck up. And, yeah. and, and even Scott Van Pelt on SportsCenter is like, dude, you just you've got to you've got to stop this. Like, yeah, I know my, I, yeah, I, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that one of nerves, the guys yeah. on the crew is like your friend. Uh, Scott Van Pelt didn't say this, but I'm, yeah. I, I, I suspect like I'm sure one of the guys in the crew is your friend or something. You don't want him getting like raked on national TV, but you're just going to have to live with it that your buddy's going to get smoked here because that was a massive fuck up. Yeah, and they're getting the first game of the week too. The four thirty uh, that, that that the Brad Allen crew is getting Steelers Ravens, which is I guess is a good segue into uh, into well, this week. Well, I have one I have one more comment on the Lions, then we'll get into Steelers Ravens. And I'm sorry yeah, about segue, but I feel this has to be mentioned. Not sure if you saw the the comments on I, I forget which podcast it was, but uh, Kelly Stafford 
basically coming yeah. out and saying, I can't believe it happened to them again. And I'm like, yeah. he's not even part of this anymore. Yeah, like, I know. He's <laughs> not even on the team anymore. Yeah, and she's like, oh, deep. man, those poor people. Yeah, like the cuts, the cuts run deep, man. It sucks even more that it looks like the Lions are probably going to be locked up to play in uh, – Matt, Matt, like Matt Stafford's coming back to just, just, oh. Oh, oh, I don't think that's locked up at all. Like, obviously no. we're going to go, go through the games and what everything means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I believe that it is um, the more, the most likely outcome that yeah. the Lions first home playoff game in 30 years, the visiting quarterback will be the best quarterback the Lions have had in 30 years. So yeah. that's interesting <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Pretty terrible. Uh, yeah. Nothing, nothing left to say on that other than they, Completely blew the call and then made up a bunch of crap to try to justify the blown call. Yep. What are you gonna do? Um, all right, so let's head into uh, to head into Saturday. Uh, quick update on what we've been doing. Uh, we're all sitting about Bill. You got the most perplexing record I've ever seen in my life <laughs> going yeah. into the, the last week. Thirty-eight. I had way too 30, many push. Thirty-eight, thirty-eight, and nine. Just an obscene <laughs> amount of push. Just even Steven yeah. over here going absolutely five hundred <laughs> on the season. If it's... you were trying to get a push every week, you wouldn't have nine pushes. No, yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> have way less. Yeah, it is unbelievable. Yeah, even Bill... if you deliberately eliminated every line that has a half point either way, yeah. you still and we're yep. trying to get pushes. You still would not have nine pushes. No, push is a win. Yeah, that's true. Which is true. That's fine. Uh, fifteen and nine so far in the thirty-two challenge. We got uh, they, they, a lot of them are coming down to last week, including a big one for uh, gamblers. Will be paying attention to Broncos Raiders because that's a big uh, that's a big win total one. Uh, both those teams need a win to hit their over. Uh, so you know, despite the fact that, that you know. That one's interesting. I know I am. Uh, I'm th- that's the most game I'm interested in most this week, if I'm being perfectly honest. Wow. More so than Bill's Dolphins. Well, because I got the Broncos. I got the Broncos over and the Raiders under. So oh, this nice. game is is the proverbial twofer for me. So I need the Broncos to pull off a pull off a road upset here. Uh, we'll we'll see what they can do. Uh, all right. But no Thursday games this week. The, the Thursday games were over. There wasn't any last week, so they were done. They've been done for a couple weeks. But we do have two Saturday games. Um, first up is a early afternoon 4.30 matchup, or I guess early evening, uh, 4.30 matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. The Baltimore Ravens have everything locked up. They got, uh, home, oh, I almost said home ice. They got home field, uh, advantage throughout the entire AFC. They're going to, they, they, they're going to win the AFC. Uh, they're sitting Lamar. They're sitting, you know, most of their starters and whatnot. So it's going to be, uh, Brett Hundley in this game. Uh, who you know played pretty well in that uh, in that playoff game he was forced into last year when uh, Lamar was hurt. Uh, and the Steelers they're going to start Mason Rudolph. It looks like despite the fact that Kenny Pickett is apparently back from his little ankle injury there. So whether or not I think that, that tells everything we need to know about Kenny Pickett, doesn't it? How's yeah. far as how the Steelers yeah. about him? I was just going to say we we're, we're, we're going to have to wait till the off season, but the writing may be on the wall now to see see what's up there. The Steelers if, if are. If they think that in a game where like the Steelers have stakes here, like yeah. if if ja- like if they lose this game, they need the Jaguars to lose to the Titans. Otherwise, their season's done. Yeah. So they have real stakes here, and they've deliberately decided to start Mason Rudolph over Kenny Pickett. I think that tells you how what they think of Kenny Pickett's prospects of being a fan franchise quarterback, which is not good. No. Yeah. And I think they're correct because, man, that guy couldn't get the ball down the field. Like, George Pickens basically had, 
like he uh, like Pickens was one of the like fantasy like sleeper wide receivers this year, right? And then he mm-hmm. and then he only he had like something like forty percent of his production happened on like three catches or four catches or something before like when I'm talking about like before this is in like week fifteen, so basically four basically he yeah. had like three or four eighty yard touchdown catches. Uh, earlier in the season, so Pickett would basically just throw up a bomb every once, or a prayer every once in a while that Pickens would come down with and take it, take it to the house. And you know, but ever since it's been Rudolph and and, a little, and dare I say it, a little bit of Trubisky. But you know, he's been looking a bit more like a like a number one wide receiver that he's supposed to be. So yeah, yeah. He, so he's made some great catches. That guy's got great hands, man. Mm-hmm. So. The only so the line for this one is Steelers minus four in Baltimore because Baltimore's resting everybody. The only thing I have here is Baltimore is basically going to be playing their preseason offense in this game, and uh, preseason Ravens is a thing. So I don't know. And and you know if you're a Baltimore fan, wouldn't you take a little bit of a, a, a sick pleasure in taking away the uh, the postseason hopes of uh, one of your uh, most bitter and hated rivals with your backups? So, I think I you would. Yeah. Yeah, so so I I, I kind of like the Ravens here in this game. I, th- I think I think we're gonna see preseason Ravens here and and maybe just see some some silly stuff happening. So uh, knife to my ribs on this one. I'm going. I'm taking the Ravens. What do you think, Bill? You uh, sorry. What was the line you had? Uh, uh, Steelers minus four in Baltimore. Minus four. Yeah, I think you gotta go with the Ravens. Like Huntley looked capable. Uh, the Ravens are still a very good team, even sitting most of their stars. And the Steelers have looked rough. And you're getting some points at home. I'm taking the Ravens there. All right. Uh, how about you, Craig? Baltimore's gonna be one of my five. I think. Ooh, I just I have a feeling about this game. I have a feeling about this game. And if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you are wearing your purple on Saturday because. Uh, the stakes of this game for Buffalo Bills fans is as follows. If Pittsburgh wins this game, it basically doesn't matter what else happened. What else happens? That Sunday night game for Buffalo, uh, the stakes would be this. You win, you're the two seed. You lose, you're out of the playoffs. Those would be the stakes. If I were Buffalo, I would want there to be the safety net of, oh, if we lose, we're the seven seed. And the only way that happens is if Pittsburgh loses this game. Yeah, that's so weird. I've never seen a, a discrepancy like that uh, going into the last game of the season, where it's like you could be the two seed or you could not make the playoffs, right? Like the, I, 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 that is that where we are happened? at. Yeah, that is. I don't think that's ever happened before because that's that nope. that is such a wide range of outcomes. It's like yeah, so you either have home yeah, the, the sixth seed oh, just based on tiebreakers and the like. The sixth seed is going to be either the Colts or Texans, whoever wins the game, and we're going to talk mm-hmm. about that game in a second. Yeah. The five seed is going to be the Browns no matter what happens. Uh, I guess the six seed doesn't necessarily have to be the Colts or Texans if the Jaguars lose to lose to Tennessee. But the 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 key th- and if the Jaguars lose to Tennessee, it's another out for Buffalo. The key thing is you just want the Pittsburgh out to be handled for you before you even go to bed Saturday night. So uh, they're going to be cheering hard for Baltimore. I think Baltimore wins the game. I think that they're deep enough and good enough, and they'll the guys who are out there which won't be the star guys, but still they're going to want it enough that this is uh this is a game that Baltimore uh, puts their, their, their best possible foot forward in and at least makes Pittsburgh work for it. Yeah. And Mike Tomlin already has his, uh, uh his, his nine and eight secure. So there's, yep. there's no reason for the Steelers to get up for this one, I guess. Uh, all right. So yeah, we're all on the Baltimore Ravens this week on, on the Saturday game. All right. The Sunday nighter or sorry, Saturday nighter. 
Uh, Houston Texans head into the Colts in a uh, win and in matchup. Can because uh, these guys can miss the playoffs still, right? Both these teams. Uh, both these yes. teams have to go in this one. Uh, this, this is one of the few matchups where both of the teams have to go. So you will be seeing full lineups. It's going to be CJ Shroud versus Gardner Benchu and crew. Uh, the line opened up at Colts plus uh, one and a half. And sharp money's come in a bit on the Colts enough that it's moved it down half point. So now it's uh, uh, Texans minus one now uh, as opposed to uh, the Texans minus one and a half. Uh, tail of the tape for this one, since it actually counts, uh, DVOA wise, the Colts are 19 and the Houston Texans are 12th. Uh, and spread wise between these two teams, uh, the Colts were nine and seven against the spread and the Houston Texans, where are, I'm having a look. There they are. And the Texans are eight and eight. So not a big discrepancy. This is, this is as close as it, as, as it gets, and you can tell that it does, because I think right now the Texans only – this the only reason this isn't a pick em is because I think Texans have uh, a guy who looks like the future right now in uh, C.J. Stroud. Uh, Gambling-wise for this one, I'm on the Colts. They're dangerously close to being one of my five. I, I Man, I love Houston. I love uh, Stroud. I would love to see them in the playoffs. But at the same time, this is a rookie head coach and a rookie QB – going on the road in a divisional matchup in what is ostensibly a playoff game. And historically, this is not a spot you want to be back in uh, the Houston Texans. Uh, and I like both these teams. Billy, what do you think? Texans lane one. I the Texans, I think the defense are going to struggle with the Texans. I think there's going to be a lot of points here. I, if I had to bet on a quarterback in this game, it's Stroud. I think I got to take the Texans. All right, Craig, first tiebreaker of the week, Texans-Colts. I'm staying away from this game because I don't love either side of it for the reasons that, that you said as far as, you know, the rookie quarterback on the road and he's in this big spot. But uh, I just don't want to be against Stroud in this game either. Like, Stroud's had some big games in his life, obviously. And uh, this this is uh, the biggest game that he's had as a pro uh, I would like to see – if I if I get to pick who wins, I'm picking the Texans – for sure. Uh, I would like to see them in the playoffs. I think that is far more uh, entertaining television than being the Colts. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. The winner of this game actually could win the division too. Yes. Uh, the winner of this game wins the division if the Jaguars lose to Tennessee. If Pittsburgh loses to Baltimore, um, the winner of this game would have an... Oh, never mind. Sorry. I, I take back what I said. I was going to say they'd have an outside chance of staying in, but that's not true. Uh, either way, um, you could be the four seed if you win this game. I, I, I would lean Houston, but I don't feel strongly about it at all. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, so you guys are, sounds like you guys want to, Billy wants the Texans, Craig slightly into the Texans, and then I'm on the Colts. So we have our first discrepancy of the week. Uh, heading to Sunday, uh, we got six, uh, one o'clockers and seven, four o'clockers. This is, this is. This is great. This is a great last day for Scott Hansen, I think, to go six and then seven. Hmm. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, first up, a game where both teams have to try again because, uh, I mean, I think the the, the Falcons, uh, the Saints for sure can win the division, but can the Falcons win the division? Did they have the If the Falcons team? win and yeah. the Buccaneers lose in Carolina, mm-hmm. the Falcons will be your NFC South champions. And okay. can I just ask both uh, the Saints – and the Buccaneers right now, please don't let this happen. Well, Just don't. Y- yeah, but um, 
I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be on the Falcons. Uh, the line the line is Saints minus three. The Saints were one of my picks la they were one of my five last week, and that was about as easy as it gets. Uh, that was such a spot to take the uh, to take the Saints. Uh, now I think the opposite is true of this game, where it is I, I, it, it's a buy low sell high spot uh, for uh, between uh, New Orleans and. Uh, Atlanta right now like you you, you got to buy low on on the Falcons and sell high on the Saints uh this line opened up at Saints minus three and a half the hook is gone it is now just Saints minus three uh I'm on the Falcons and they're going to be one of my five Billy what do you think yeah I think you're right that you might be getting a few extra points with the Falcons here but I'm still taking the Saints I I do not have faith in this Falcons team I don't think the Saints are gangbusters by any means, but I don't believe this Falcons team can get it done on the road here. I'm taking the Saints. DVOA-wise for this one, since this game counts, uh, New Orleans 15th, Atlanta all the way down at 28. Yeah, that's what bad coaching will do for you. Or, or not not necessarily bad coaching, but schizophrenic coaching from Arthur Smith is, is, is how I would uh, – Describe it. Spread-wise, the Atlanta Falcons were the second-worst team against the spread the entire league. Only the Panthers were worth the worst. The Falcons were 5-11. and 11. Saints were 5-10-1. So these are two teams uh, that have been just dreadful to bet against uh, on the spread all year. And that makes sense because uh, we, we, we might have a below 500 team win this division. Um, Craig, who you got? Saints minus, Fal- or Saints minus three against the Falcons. I want the Saints. I don't trust the Falcons at all, and not in this spot either. I know the Saints have been very inconsistent this year, but uh, the Falcons are bad. Sorry, they just are. I, I I want the Saints in this game. All right, fair enough. Uh, Jaguars-Titans. This is another one where uh, only one team has anything to play for. The Titans, uh, well, I mean, I guess the Titans have uh, a chance to play spoiler for the Jags, which sometimes is better than actually making the playoff. Um Vrabel has already said that he's not resting anybody. Uh, they love Vrabel. The Jaguars are going in there with uh, uh, a gimpy Trevor Lawrence and five points on the road. This is another one of my five because the Titans are going to give it their all in this game for Vrabel. It might be the last time Vrabel's coached in Tennessee, but he's going to get snatched up by somebody because he, he he's a decent coach. He's a player's coach. Um, and he's never had a good quarterback the entire time he's been in Tennessee. It's, it's just been dreadful. He's been making uh, chicken salad out of chicken shit in Tennessee for the longest time. Uh, I'm taking – it's Jaguars minus five in Tennessee. I'm taking the Titans for, for the upset. The Jags are they're, – they're going in the wrong direction right now, and I don't see it turning around against what, uh, what I expect to be a, a tough, tough matchup in t- um, Tennessee where the Titans will be looking to uh, – uh, make it so the Jaguars potentially miss out on the playoffs. So get, give me Tennessee plus the five. Uh, Craig, what do you think about this one? Yeah, that's my first instinct too, is Tennessee plus the five. Uh, the yeah. fact that Christian Kirk is back at practice is that very, very good news. Yes. Because like their offense has been, and, and Lawrence has been hurt and Kirk has been out like at the same time. So that clearly is, um, uh, it, it, both those things are having a very significant impact on the, the Jaguars offense. If Kirk is back and and Lawrence looks like he's somewhat closer to being regular Trevor Lawrence, maybe he won't be the rest of the year. I I would want the Jaguars here. I just there's too many ifs on the on the Jacksonville side, so I I'm taking the Titans. All right. Uh, how about you, Billy? Uh, Tennessee. Uh, are are you joining me and Craig one last time? One last ride off into the sunset with home dog Mike Vrabel. 
Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, I like the Titans here. I think the Jaguars week six, I'd probably take them. Uh, but they've been on the decline. You're getting a lot of points with the Titans, probably more than you should get. Uh, I'm taking the Titans. All right. Uh, next up, your boys, Bill. The Minnesota Vikings head to Detroit to take on my boys, uh, the Detroit Lions, for the second time in three weeks. Uh, Vikings, I believe, tech, uh, the Lions technically have something to play for because there's an outside chance of uh, uh, either the Eagles or Cowboys stub their toe against uh, their pretty weak divisional uh opponents uh although i guess they're both on the road so you never know right um so the the two seed is technically not out of question and then one wonders if you believe in karma which i don't uh but if you 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 one wonders if there was a week 18 swing around for the detroit lions uh coming up but who knows uh both these teams not in a good headspace right now obviously the the detroit lions are practicing this controlled fury that dan campbell was talking about uh, by the way, the perform- we didn't mention this off the top, but the performances by the Detroit Lions, I think, after the fact of this thing in, in the press game, in, like in the post-game pressers and whatnot, have just been, wow, just chef's kiss with everybody being like, no, 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 we, we did this properly and they fucked up and, and Campbell being like, you want to say something, say it on the uh, thing. Uh, we, and we didn't talk about Dan Campbell because obviously the, the three of us are big time degenerate gamblers. We didn't talk about Dan Campbell going full tilt and just going, fuck it, we're going for it from the seven, right? Like, with the yeah, two-point right. conversion. Yeah, we forgot to talk about that. Oh, man. I was watching that going, oh, well, man. And, and honestly, and I know this is going to sound stupid, but I yeah. liked Campbell's explanation after the game for that. That he just wanted it to be, he didn't want is, overtime, right? He didn't want overtime, but, but what he said was, he got the offense together before they went out in the field for the last drive. He said, guys, you're going down there, and when you get down there and you score... I'm going for two. I'm going to let you guys win the game. The game's in your hands. Yeah. And his response to that was, his, like, I told them, this is what we're doing. So yeah. I don't want to go back on my word with them, which <laughs> I think that's fine with me. That's fine. Yeah. I, I think you got to know when to pull the plug. Like, yeah. and, and, easy, yeah, easy. No, I will say this. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, they, the end- they, they wound up snapping it from the two. But, yes, they did go yeah. for it from the seven. Yeah, yeah. go for the five. That was the thing where I, where I was. That was the only thing I was upset when they were going for it for the seven. I was like, "Oh, let's do it. Let's go full tilt uh, from the seven, right?" And uh, and that and the only thing that sucked is uh, it was Michael Parsons. I think somebody jumped offside for the for the Cowboys, and it was like, yeah, we we didn't even get like a, I'm like, oh man, because I you know Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre used to do that to the Lions all the time on like fourth and threes or third and threes and stuff, and get free bombs down the field. I'm just like, oh come on, like like. That was a freebie, uh, Jared. You gotta just—I mean, he did kind of yolo it because it got picked, but it was never a play that was like it was never a throw that yeah. was even remotely going to get caught. But that was ah, what are you going to do? Um, meanwhile, who is that Jaron Hall guy or whatever? Like, like, like Bill, who is that guy you threw out there for the first half? That was—I—I've like he threw a pass that came out of his hand like. I don't think he was holding the laces. Like, yeah, just, like it looked like out, he never held a football before. Yeah, it came out end over end like he'd never thrown a football before with a guy Ray wide Finkel open. Was, Ray Finkel was furious. Yeah, yeah it was like laces it was, out. And then, like, I, I remember because, like, I, I I was in the middle of a a uh, I needed Justin Jefferson to do stuff to win a fantasy football, so I was obviously glued to that game. And uh, uh, the ball came, and I was I was watching that, and I was like, that. 
there wasn't anybody near him, right? I, I don't think that ball was tipped. And then, sure enough, they show the replay. And just clean as a whistle. He threw it, and the ball just end over end out of yeah. his hand. And I was like, what the hell was and that? And I think he I think he overthrew that one. It wasn't even like... Like, yes, yeah, like... it was. It was pretty rough, and and oh. you know that was not a good position for a young quarterback to find themselves. No, uh, but still, that looked pretty rough. The the I okay. Admittedly, I haven't paid. Like they're starting Mullins this week, right? I yes. would say he did yeah. the best. Although, yeah. what was it? Four interceptions the game before? Like what? Yeah, he had four against the Lions. But I mean, well, that was that was a weird football game. game. What yeah. did I text you during the game, Bill? Like. Uh, at this point, are we sure that Cousins on crutches is not a better option? Like, yeah, yeah. Cousins with no shirt, he's, dude. Cousins yeah, he's no, too busy doing a shirtless up. skull chance. <laughs> yeah, send him out there with no shirt and crutches, <laughs> and, and let him try to complete a pass. I'd say that was that was something else. Yeah, I just don't know. I I don't know. Like, be, like I know there was some there was some mention on that. Are the Vikings quiet quitting right now? <laughs> because like, there's no way Mullins hey. or, or or Dobbs were worse than this guy in practice. I know Dobbs and Mullins were throwing their interceptions and whatnot, but those ball those were at least spirals when they were interceptions, right? Like, yeah, oh. I, I think there's like these guys are letting their head get in the game, man. Like the first couple of games when Dobbs didn't have time to do anything, he did all yeah. right. The head gets in it and it just yeah. goes down. It's so. hard to play quarterback in the NFL, and the vast majority of NFL teams, if you lose your all-pro receiver for a huge chunk of the year and you use your lose your starting quarterback for half of the year, you're just not going to go anywhere. And that's what's happened to the 2023 Minnesota Vikings. Honestly, yeah. like they, they could have won games without Jefferson if they had Cousins. It's it's mm. they just haven't been able to not turn the ball over. And you lose the turnover battle, you will lose almost every game. Yeah, absolutely. So here's the thing gambling-wise with this one. This line opened up at Detroit minus five. And Dan Campbell at no point this week has said he's sitting any of his guys. Yet, the line moved from Detroit minus five all the way to Detroit minus three and has now gone back up to uh, Detroit minus three and a half. So I have this game as an absolute stay away from me because somebody knows something, right? Like there's there's some insider guy somewhere who 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 has his inside information enough that they put a bunch of money on the Minnesota Vikings at the five and and moved it all the way down. That like I I just I it's weird. I just somebody knows something because why did that line move two points? Unless some sharps just believe. Uh, so thoroughly that the Vikings are going to go into Detroit and get a W, which could happen. Why not? The first game was basically a turnover-filled coin flip between the two of them. Uh, but I don't know. The, the, the way this line moved, despite the fact that uh, the Lions have said that they're not sitting anybody, is just too fishy for me. So uh, for the first time in a while, I have uh, an absolute stay away here. Because I, I, I don't know. Maybe Campbell pulls the guys. Somebody knows something. Campbell pulls the guys early. No idea. Um, knife to my ribs on this one. I would take your Vikings with the hook, uh, getting the points, Billy. Um, yeah, and that's that's all I would say about that. What do you think, Bill? Uh, your guys getting three and a half in Detroit. Um, yeah, that's – I'd probably take the Vikings here just because the line is going a heck of a lot going on. I, I think you watched that game two weeks ago and you're not really ready to put money on the Vikings on the road here, but – you just don't know exactly what you're going to get out of the Lions. So I'm taking the Vikings and the points. 
right. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Lions laying three and a half. I think I'm taking the Lions, and here's why. A couple things. One, the quarterback situation for Minnesota is ridiculous. Yeah, you know. it's strange. Two, sure. I see Campbell as being a guy who's going to say, we're not conceding the Dallas-Washington game. That's true. You go this, win that game, boys. Is you this a little... Is this is this adjacent? Would would you consider this adjacent to what Staley did last year with the Chargers in Week 18? Uh, That that playoff run was not one to be remembered. Um, No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Would you consider it adjacent, or do you think Campbell's got uh, got a bit more more of a? Because if I remember, the Chargers had everything locked up last year, didn't they? In the 18th, like they couldn't move up or down. Yeah, still played, still played everybody week eighteen. Yes, um, that's right. Uh, this is yeah, but I'll, I'll say it's different on two fronts. Yeah, one, um, Campbell has not only more cachet in the locker room than Staley did. I think you could argue that, like, sure. when it comes to locker room cachet, Campbell yeah. is number one on the rankings, and Staley's yeah. like thirty-one for this year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, Josh McDaniels. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's that. And two, like, while the Cowboys, like, the odds of them having something to play for are long, they don't have nothing to play for. Mm -hmm. That's not the Cowboys for the Lions. If the Cowboys lose that game to Washington, the Lions bump up to the two seed. They're playing for, would you rather play the Cowboys in Arlington or at Ford Field? That's what that, they're they're playing Mm -hmm. to give yourselves a chance at making that Ford Field. That's not nothing. You know, yeah, I mean, the chance of the Cowboys dropping one to the Commanders is pretty close to nothing. Yeah. It's close to nothing, but it's not zero. Last yeah. year, Staley was doing it for zero. Yeah, that's true. All right, I, I, yeah, I think you're right. It's just I'm just driven off by the the, the way the the time of the week that this line moves. The line the line movement is interesting. There's no way yeah. around that. It's so strange. So yeah, this this I, this might be the first game of the season that I have zero dollars on uh but we'll see uh next up one i'm usually excited to bet (laughs) but we'll see on this one uh the new york jets uh head into uh new england to take on the patriots uh this is uh our first game of the week where a team neither team has anything to play for um Patriots are looking for a higher draft pick, but I don't. I don't think Bill Belichick tanks games. Uh, this line opened up at Patriots minus two and a half, and it is now down to Patriots minus two. Um, this is uh, you know water gun to our head game. Uh, I water gun to my head. I would take the Jets and the points. I just think they're slightly better. Uh, but this is so far from being one of my five, and uh, yeah, I don't see a, a, us having to talk a lot about this one. But yeah, water gun to my head. I'm taking the Jets and the points. Billy, what do you think? I am. Taking the Jets, I'm taking the points, I'm taking the under, and it will be five to two. The, oh, it's glad that you mentioned the under. The lowest, uh, th- th- this game's open up as the lowest uh, total o- uh, over under uh, in the NFL in quite some time, maybe ever. I'm not sure. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm fully remembering the tweets that I was reading about this, but uh, 30 and a half is the total for this. Uh, yeah, we'll wait and see if they push this down to uh, a total that starts with a two. Uh, in, in an NFL game. You see it every once in a while. You saw it, Basically, you see it every once in a while, especially in games featuring uh, the University of Iowa in college, but uh, you don't see that too often. Once in a, once every blue moon, I guess, you get, uh, I guess, every several blue moons. 
God, man, match if we saw like a 29 or a 28 and a half or something. Good Lord, total. Uh, how about you, Craig? Uh, Patriots land two. I only have one thing to say about this game. <laughs> this is week 18. Yeah. This is the week 18 of the NFL season. Yeah. Uh, many of the games uh, on in this one o'clock slate, there are seven of them. Uh, many of them have been uh, rendered meaningless by the standings, of course, or um, even the good teams. Uh, and we'll get to the Cleveland Browns in a minute. Uh, they've got nothing to play for. Uh, there's no reason for them to win the game. There's no reason to lose. It's not relevant. Fantasy football is over uh, in, in most cases. There's no going to be no talk of fantasy football uh, in a lot of leagues this week because people don't play to a week 18 for good reason. Uh, but despite all of that being true and all of that taking significant amounts of meaning for the vast majority of the public out of this one o'clock window on Sunday, let me say about this Patriots Jets game, Scott Hansen, do not show this game. Yeah, this is a level of meaningless that I have no interest in. Yeah, <laughs> you're betting the under and then never watching this game and then checking to see if you won. That's it. That's the side you're taking in this football game for sure. All right, <laughs> let's move on to games that uh, we actually uh, might care about. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers head into uh, Carolina to take on the Tepper Tantrums. And uh, what's that? <laughs> God, what a fucking loser. Can you imagine having that much money and being that big of a loser? God. And by the way... Yeah. Dan Snyder's not here anymore, Mr. Tepper. So congratulations on on the uh, the title of uh, worst owner, like the title belt of, of worst owner in the in the uh, on, uh, National Football League. On the radio, yes, he, I, I think he I think he does get the title belt. Congratulations to him. Uh, on the radio today at my at my day job this morning, uh, I said uh, very few people exude rich a hole energy. And I have to say a-hole because of the, the, the CBSC. Yeah. But I can say rich asshole here. Very few people exude rich asshole energy as much as David Tepper does. It's it's oh. actually shocking. Yeah, the amount of entitlement that this man seems to have is is beyond anything. He sucks. Uh, <laughs> like he, He's a great he, scout, though. That's why he made the front office select Bryce, <laughs> Bryce Young, Young over CJ Stroud at basically yeah. the what at basically the witching hour of the draft. Too, yeah. Right? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, well, I'll tell you right now, when you uh, when you trade for the first overall pick in March, you definitely want to the night before the draft make your front office coaching staff change their mind about which quarterback they're taking. <laughs> yeah. That's what you want to do as an NFL genius. owner. Genius, it's absolutely genius. God, what a moron. That said. The Carolina Panthers have been the I can't quit you team of the year for me. Uh, this line opened up at Panthers plus five and a half. I got in on the five and a half. A bunch of sharps like the five and a half because it's Bucks minus four now. Um, Bucks obviously have something to play. They're trying to win their division. Uh, Panthers, I can't do anything, I guess, in this game, but they'll still be playing all their starters because they're not seeing the field again until September. Uh, they, yeah, the Carolina's already got, like, the the Bears via the Carolina Panthers already have the number one seed locked up. Uh, I'm still going to be on the Panthers. This is so gross. This is the, yeah, this is the, the, the Brokeback Mountain team of the year for Matt Pierce. <laughs> the I can't quit, I wish I could quit you, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they were there for me last week, or they were there. I had the seven with them last week. I had the goddamn seven. I didn't know that their kicker was going to get hurt. Like, how batter kickers that they can't stretch properly before football games like this is ridiculous 
God, that was a new lover, a new level of, of, of kicker embarrassment, which I didn't think was possible, was, was to injure yourself stretching. You're not even doing anything. You're not running sprints. You're not tackling people. You're just on the sidelines with your soccer shoes, kicking the ball into a net. How do you hurt yourself? God, they suck. Uh, and I needed and I needed that kicker because they scored zero points and lost by 19. And I had seven and a couple of kicks would have helped me cover. God, I'm so upset. Uh, but again, because I can't quit the moment we'll be back on the Panthers this week. Billy, what do you think? Bucks currently laying four and a half on the road. Yeah, I I can't do it. I got to take the Bucks. I just I think they're so much better that I can't take the Panthers. I want nothing to do with them. So give me the Bucks. Yeah, I mean they're definitely better, but it, I just divisional matchup. Bucks looked not great last week. Divisional matchup home on the road or like team getting a ton of points on the road but yeah this panthers team they've been a they've been a system buster this year for sure uh all of it man they they should have beat the packers in lambo no less uh greg what do you think buccaneers land four and a half yeah i'm i i i'm staying away from this game but I, i'm leaning tampa bay i just i i have zero confidence this carolina team do anything good ever uh, I know the Bucks had a tough uh, three and a half quarters against New Orleans, but uh, I think this is a, this is a professional team with professional players on it. They understand the stakes here. They understand playing in big games. For them, this is a big game. They just go in here and they take care of business. So give me Tampa Bay. All right. Uh... Last game of the one o'clock slate, Cleveland Browns head to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. Unfortunately, we lost the best number, uh, the best of the number on this one. It opened up at Bengals minus four. Everybody sharps came in on Bengals. It immediately got moved to six and money's kept coming in on the six. And now it's there at the seven, which maybe you think about taking the Browns at seven, but the Browns have already said they're resting everybody. You want the Bengals here because they're not going to be resting anybody and they're a good team and they're going to be the best team on the field in this one. Um, with, with the Browns resting all their good players. Seven's a bit tough, but unfortunately we missed the best of the number, but I still think if we're betting on this game, we're laying the seven with the Bengals. Uh, Billy, what do you think? I think it's got to be the Browns here. I, I think you just want Ooh. the point. I, I think okay. they're that neither of them have a significant amount to play for, so I'm taking the points. We'll see where it ends up. All right, Craig, tiebreaker on this one. An unexpected tiebreaker, I thought. Yeah, um, I I can't I can't lay seven with this Bengals team, but this Browns team, of course, is going to be giving seven, and they're going to be playing the B squad. Yeah. Um, it just, we, we just lost the best of the number in this one. You wanted the Bengals yeah. with the four that was there earlier in the week. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Now the, the Bengals minus four. I'm 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 taking the uh, I'm taking the Bengals, but that no longer exists. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, are we making faint south? Jeez, uh, <laughs> come down three, two, one on that one. <laughs> are we making Falcon Saints the, uh, the just by proxy the uh, marquee matchup of one o'clock? Yeah, I think, just I think from, it has to be. It's it, it's the the only game where everyone has something to play for. That said, yeah, yeah. am I most interested in is Jags at Titans? Fair. I do think Vrabel's going to give it all with, the, with with his team in that one. All right. Uh, let's head to Arizona for the first matchup of the 4 o'clock slate. Uh, Arizona heads to take on the Seahawks. Uh, this line opened up at Arizona plus 3. It is now uh, Seahawks minus 2.5, so half point of movement. I like the Cardinals, man. I like what their offense is doing. They shredded the Philadelphia Eagles. That entire Like, like that should have been a two-point... Uh, that should have been like a two-touchdown blowout 
for the uh, for the Cardinals, and only wasn't because um, they got their signals mixed on a on a go route that uh, resulted in a you know a a ninety nine yard uh, interception return by the uh, by, by the Eagles, right? Like the guy the guy was supposed to keep going and he didn't, and and when <laughs> Murray threw it up there, there was only an Eagles player who got it and took it back the whole way. I I just this Seahawks team, you can run against them and you can throw the ball in the middle, which is that's what uh, that's what the Cardinals want. Although I guess I'm secretly hoping that the Seahawks win this game so that the so that the Seahawks have to come to Ford Field because you can get the Seahawks on the ground and the Lions would the Lions I think would just I know the Seahawks beat the Lions back in Week Two but that was a lifetime ago and I, I think the Lions could just shred this Seahawks team on the ground uh, in the playoffs if uh, if if the Seahawks ended up coming to Ford Field so I guess I'm gonna hope for that but gambling wise I, I'm on the Cardinals taking the points I, I think they might be the sneaky better team in this week 18 matchup. Billy, what do you think? Cardinals getting two and a half. Yeah, I agree. I like what the Cardinals are doing. I I think I am taking the Cardinals here. Um, I I don't think the Seahawks have a good enough passing game to, to really beat the Cardinals. Um, I think we'll see a low scoring game here. So, and I felt like that over under is way too high. So I'm taking the under here and I like the Cardinals. All right, Craig, how about you? Cardinals getting two and a half against the Seahawks. Seahawks with something to play for, obviously. Yeah. So their situation is like they're they're in a bad spot. They need the Bears to beat Green Bay, otherwise they're doomed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't. They, think doesn't I matter don't. what. Uh, they, they, hey, the Bears could beat Green Bay. I'm not saying they won't. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and it won't. But the thing is, it doesn't matter to them whether the Bears beat Green Bay or not, unless. Mm. They um they t- themselves take care of business. I think Seattle's fine here and wins the game. Okay. Give the Seahawks. All right. Uh, speaking of the aforementioned Packers, Chicago heads to Green Bay to take on the Packers. This line opened up at Packers minus five and a half, and the Sharps obliterated that uh, hook, and it is now just Packers minus three. Um, Bears are going to be one of my five. Uh, Packers have something to play for. Bears don't, but uh, I think it's going to be deja vu. Uh, deja vu. Um, for the Packers all over again, where they are going to watch uh, a team with nothing to play for in their division, go into Green Bay, take away their chance to win the playoffs, and then uh, watch the this very same team go on and win the NFC North next year. Because I think that's what's about to happen for the Chicago Bears, you guys. I think they're going to walk into Green Bay. They're going to beat Green Bay. Green Bay is going to be out. They're going to have a great offseason. And then I think the Bears are going to win the NFC North. I know, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping a couple well, steps there. I'm- I'm, I'm skipping a couple steps there, but I think that's what happens in 2024. Is I think I think the Chicago Bears are going to go ahead and win. Are going to go ahead and win the North because they they they've got all that draft capital, high yeah. high draft capital, and Fields is a good quarterback, man. He's coming around, and there's a reason the back, the the front eight games that the back that the Bears have played that set them back for the season basically have looked nothing like. This defense is good. The Packers are. Like the Packers are secretly not that great. This is 17 and 20 in DVOA. Um, Packers defense is one of the worst defenses in the league. They are gettable um, unless Jalen Hall is, you know, throwing and overhead passes. Uh, and man, Love is throwing these off his back foot prayers that are just landing right now. And I'm like, yeah, good for you. They're landing on, you know, against a. a a Vikings defense that seems to be getting their signals crossed a bunch. 
That's not happening in the Bears. And let's not forget this. Like, because this Packers team, their last two victories have come in convincing fashion in primetime matchups uh, against the Lions and the, and the Vikings. They seem to think that this team is good. Um, they're not. The Bears are the better team here. I'm, I'm taking the Bears, and I think they go into Green Bay and, and, and beat the – like this Packers team lost to Tommy DeVito, for God's sake, two weeks ago, and then barely beat the uh, – barely beat Bryce Young uh, at home. This is the, – the, the, the Bears are easily one of my five here. Billy, what do you think? Packers land three. Yeah, pretty sound logic. I, I'm certainly not a believer in the Packers. Um, I'm just not a believer in the Bears either. Fields has looked better than I would have expected. Um, and not just in the running game, he's been passing okay too. I, I think I like the Bears here. I'm not as confident as you are, but I'm going with the Bears. All right. How about you, Craig? Uh, Bears uh, getting three in Green Bay. Bears. Yeah. I, Bears are playing better. Uh, I, I think the Bears win. Yeah, agreed. All right. Uh, next up, the Philadelphia Eagles head into New York to take on the Giants. Giants with nothing to play for other than, again, the, the – couple of teams with a chance to knock you know to kind of hurt the playoff chances of their uh of a hated divisional rival uh this line open up at uh eagles minus five i kind of want to bet the giants here save for the fact that this feels like the giants are going to be the biggest public dog of the week right uh like i don't know it's just weird though because the eagles i still want to bet the giants even though they're going to be a public dog because the eagles just look broken man and when your defense is broken you can either give up on your season and hire Matt Patricia as your defensive coordinator, like so many of us have contemplated in our darkest hours, or you can, you know, pull up your pants and get out there and be the best damn defense you could be. And unfortunately, the Eagles chose the the, the Matt Patricia of it all uh, for whatever reason. I I don't I don't get it, man. Like I know that they were up 20, 26 at half, tw- like twenty to six at the halftime, but the Cardinals had like nearly 400 yards of offense in that first half. That was, that was a, uh, not a real 20 to six lead. Uh, I guess give me the giants, although I have trepidation because I do think they're going to be a super, super public dog, but the Eagles just look broken to me right now. Uh, Craig, what do you think? Giants plus five. So at FanDuel, you get five and a half if you go giants. Yeah. There's a few five and a halfs out there. If you go shopping. Yeah. Uh, I think I would go with the giants. Yeah. Like, and, and, and I feel as though this is either like the, the the Eagles might win this game by 28 points. Like that that's on the table. It's just a get right game for the Eagles against a crappy team when there's some stakes. But the, but at the same time, if the Eagles look up at the scoreboard at halftime and the Cowboys are up 21, what are the Eagles going to do? They're taking everybody out. Yeah. Why? Like they have nothing to play for. The Cowboys win. Nothing. So I think that it, there might be some parlaying the Cowboys and Giants um, ideas for folks that want to do something like that or, or uh-huh. teasing together or whatever it is. Oh, yeah, te- because Cowboys and Eagles I, is going to be a pretty heavy tease this week. Yeah, yeah but I think that you could do Cowboys. I, I know you, you tease yourself up with the Giants. Yeah. Get up to 11. The only reason sure. I say that is I th- there's a not insignificant chance that the Eagles look up at halftime. It's 21 nothing Dallas, and they say, you know what, forget it. And, and yeah. And and all the guys are done for the day. Yeah, 
That's true. It, yeah, it could be a little halftime switch by the Eagles, true, based on, on how the Cowboys commanders goes. That, yeah, that's a good point, is uh, both these teams might be doing some scoreboard watching in, in, in this particular yeah. matchup. And that's something you don't have to consider with the Detroit angle of this, because they're going to be playing while these two teams are, are, are waiting in the locker room. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. How about you, Billy? Uh, Giants uh, getting five uh, against the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Eagles didn't look great. I, I do picture this as more of a get-right game. Um, if there's anyone that can build confidence, it, it's the Giants. Um, I, I think the Eagle. I think what Craig said made sense. If they're going to win, they're going to win big. They're a significantly better team. I'm wondering if they're looking up at the scoreboard at halftime and taking some guys out, but they're already up by 21. <laughs> so I'm taking the Eagles here. All right. Uh Next up, the Los Angeles Rams heading to San Francisco to take on the Niners. The Niners have the NFC completely locked up thanks to uh, uh, Brad Allen and his uh, concerted efforts. Uh, <laughs> uh, and also the Niners are a good team. Uh, do the Rams have anything to play for? Can they move their, their standing up one way or the other? Or are they locked in or can they fall out, Craig? So they cannot fall out no matter what happens. So that, there's good for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no matter what happens, the Rams are going to make it. So the question for the Rams is how much do they care about being the sixth seed as opposed to the seventh seed? Mm-hmm. And this may be off the table for them, depending on how – actually, no, it won't be off the table for them. But So if they care about being the sixth seed, mm-hmm. uh, they've got to win. Yeah. If they lose and the um, Packers win, the Rams are going to be the seventh seed. So, do you care about being the sixth seed, yes or no? I suspect the answer is no. I think the answer really, there isn't a lot. Based, there isn't a lot of difference between six and seven. So. Based on the line movement, I think the I think the answer is emphatically no because this line opened up at Niners minus four, or sorry, Niners minus three, and that was when we already knew the Niners were going to be playing their backups. Um, the Sharps and some dude named Matt Pierce came in on the Niners minus the three anyway because. Uh, Shanahan, I mean, the Niners' backups are good, <laughs> like, is, is the thing. The Niners are deep. They they have good backups, and McVay historically has gone uh, anti-Brandon Staley in this and has rested his guys every chance he gets. So I don't see I, – I, it's, it's going to be Carson Wentz under center for the Los Angeles Rams, right? Like, it's it, – um, and if it's – like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Niners, and they might be one of my five. Because uh, I just, I really, I got a, I got to get a favorite in there as one of my five, and I just think the Niners are going to go out there. Shanahan's still going to coach him like he's trying to win, just with his backups. But I think his backups are good, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the Niners. Maybe this is a little bit me, um, and you got. I'll let you guys determine whether or not it's, it's just me trying to will the Rams into that seventh seed, so that it's not, <laughs> so that it's not Stafford. But I, I do think, I do think McVay's going to sue his guys, and Shanahan will be resting his guys, but their backups are just better um because the rams are not a deep team but the niners are so i don't know what do you think billy niners laying four yeah i'd agree that they're a very deep team um those niners backups i don't know that that rams offense is pretty good but is it enough i'm gonna say no I'm, i'm taking the 49ers here i I think even with the backups in there that rams that 49ers defense is just a good scheme it's a good design uh, they're going to be able to slow the Rams down. Rams won't be able to score enough. I'm taking the Niners. All right. How about you, Craig? Niners laying the four. Hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with uh, 
I think I'm going to go with the Niners. Uh, th- here's here's an interesting one. If Chicago's up 21 nothing at halftime. The Rams can say, "Hey, there's nothing. Doesn't really matter what we do in this football game. Take everybody yeah. out. We can't. We, we're we're not playing for the sixth seed anymore. We already have it. So that that that's also yeah. on the table. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so and McVay's the sort of coach that would know that. You know what I yeah. mean? Like McVay's oh, McVay's not going to say at a post game news conference, "Oh, I didn't realize that we couldn't move up in the seating." Like he knows. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure he does. Uh, all right. So next up, we got four games left on the uh, 2024 regular season. Uh, the Denver Broncos, or sorry, the 2023-24 regular season. Uh, you boys, Craig, the Denver Broncos head into Las Vegas to take on the Raiders in the over-under win totals bowl. Uh, Raiders coming off a, a backdoor cover against the Colts where they were never really in it. Uh, Broncos um, take it to the Chargers who are just, just awful. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Russell Wilson thing because we weren't on the pod last week. Uh, so if you want to discuss the Russell sit down, Craig, uh, here's your platform to have at her. Uh, the Broncos are making the right decision for them and Russell Wilson's making the right decision for him. No one's done anything wrong. Yeah. It seems that way for me. That's it. Like uh, that, like, so, so they asked Russell about a contract restructure. Uh, in order of changing some injury guarantees and things along those lines around for the 2025 season, to be clear. Yeah. So two years down the road. Uh, he said, no, I don't want to do that. I've negotiated a contract, and, and that's fine. He can do that. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. And there's nothing wrong with the Broncos asking, hey, do you mind moving some of this stuff around for us? And then subsequently, there's nothing wrong with the, the Broncos saying, well, we don't want you to get hurt then because we want to have the option of releasing you this March. Mm-hmm. And there it is. That's yeah. that, like that's uh, everyone's just looking at their own options here and, and looking at what's best for them. And that's fine. And I know people are saying, well, the Broncos have done Russell Wilson dirty. I don't know. The guy's been paid massive amounts of money to not win a lot of football games. So I, I, I think he'll be OK. Uh, it's, it's it's what it is. It, it obviously has worked out poorly. Uh, I don't for a second believe that Russell Wilson's effort is a reason why it's worked out poorly. Uh, it just has worked out poorly in a lot of ways. And I suspect that he is not going to start another game at quarterback for the Denver Broncos ever again. And that's, it's a bad trade, bad contract, bad situation, but none of that can be undone now. Yeah, it is what it is at this point. George Payton, by the way, George Payton has to lose his job though for this. You think so? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand how you can give out a quarter billion dollar contract for a quarterback who's never good again and trade two top 10 picks. What wound up being top ten picks and keep your job? I just I like yeah oh yeah, yeah. He, he got a couple of good draft deals in rounds two and four. Like I don't fucking care. Like <laughs> yeah. wasn't, you know no. like the, the the biggest part of your job you fucked up. That probably means that you don't get to keep your job. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right on that one. Um, Raiders are at home. They're laying three. It's a three point home bump. It actually opened up at Broncos plus two and a half, and it's now Broncos plus three. Uh, I just, I don't think I'm going to be betting on this because I've already got tangentially, I've already got a ton of money on this because uh, I've got two sides of unders. Uh, basically, if the Broncos win, I scoop, and if the Raiders win, yeah, better luck next. Is there year. a <laughs> is there a Raiders money line hedge here for you that would maybe help the situation? I got it. I gotta I gotta search that out. Obviously, so that's that's what I'm going to be doing. So for me personally, I will be searching out the Raiders uh, the Raiders money line hedge to make sure if if I. Uh, Maybe I can wait and see how, how this game's going at halftime and then maybe live bet the hedge and stuff. Um, we'll see. 
but that's something I gotta personally sort out. That's not that's not good gambling advice for anybody on this game. Uh, I think I want the Broncos, but this game is so far from one of my five that uh, I can't even describe it. Craig, what do you think with the the Raiders land three? Both teams will basically be getting after it because it's neither of them have anything to play for. So why not give it your all for the last week, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I, I lean Denver. I, I didn't like how the Raiders looked last week against the Colts, but uh, I think the Raiders might be the more fired up of these two teams. So there you go. That's true. The Raiders are the team that did, that lost last week. So there, there, there is that. And there, it seems like they really like Antonio Pierce. Like I know Devontae Adams came out and said, I want Pierce to be the head coach next year. And so maybe they go out there with a little bit of fire in their belly to, to get him hired as the coach for next season. It's tough to say. Uh, Billy, what do you think? Raiders laying three against Denver. I think I think the Broncos are better, and you're getting some points. Uh, I'm taking the Broncos. I think it'll, at the very least, be a close game. So give me the Broncos. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs head to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. Uh, the Chiefs somehow won that division. I don't know how, man. They've been dreadful, especially by their standards. They've been so mid this season. DVOA has them at fourth, and I'm like, how? Absolutely how? <laughs> like, I, I just... The David, ring... look, I, I, I'm fine with the defense being top ten. The defense has been really good. Yeah, the defense uh, is 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 tenth though. Like, so it's fringe top ten. Like, as fringe as yeah, it can be because tenth. You know, yeah, sure. But the defense is good, and and if you have a good yeah. offense and a good defense, and the special teams are good too. So yes. you're good at all three phases. I know the offense has looked they, awful, but how is their offense top six? They have the, oh. they have their offense ranked sixth in DVOA, and I'm like. What part of this offense, I like, because I've watched it all year because I had Mahomes and fantasy and stuff. I'm like, when was this a top six offense? They're averaging like 20 points a game. It's brutal. I don't, I don't, I would, I don't know. The smart math people, I would need them to explain that. To I me. will say this. Uh, smart the smart math people will tell you that the yardage, the yardage totals have been there, uh, that they've had some trouble in the red zone. They've so had to. The red zone. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. Which explains the special teams being great because they've been kicking field goals the whole damn year. Special teams are top five, yeah. Um, yeah. And then, again, there would be, uh, and I've seen this discourse online with Chiefs fans a bunch of times already, people saying, oh, Mahomes has been bad this year. And Chiefs fans saying, well, if the guys would catch the ball, he'd be pretty good. So, that is true, yeah. a lot. Well, again, as a guy who had Mahomes in fantasy, so many drops on third and four. Like, so many drops on third and like four. Like, what, like, you know, you can, you, you, Marquez Valdez-Scantling catches a ball week, uh, the, the game against Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and and, and Kadarius Tony catches a ball the week against Detroit. Yeah. Kansas City right now is twelve and four. Mahomes yeah. um, probably has a couple extra touchdowns, and everyone's feeling great. Yeah. Or Kadarius Tony knows where to stand to start the play. Oh, that also yeah. would be helpful. <laughs> yeah, that was another one. Uh, so yeah. So oh, did you see uh, uh, David Axelrod, the former Obama campaign guy? Who said, well, did Taylor Swift ruin the Chiefs? Like, I don't know. Like, Taylor, no. like she's not trying to catch the fucking ball. That's no. Not her, did, that's not her job. Did she give, did she attach frying pans to Kadarius Tony's hands? Then no. Yep. I don't think so. <laughs> like, I think uh, we all remember the song where Taylor Swift explained the decision to trade Tyreek Hill to Miami. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, no, they're, they're, they're in a prison of their own design. Kelsey's looked a bit slow this year. And some of that has to do with the fact yeah. that he's, he's, an aging tight end. He's also getting he's getting triple teamed at the beginning of the season because they feared nobody else on the yeah. field. Uh, and, and like, they thought, like, if you look at the team building where they spent the resources, so they spent yeah. resources on the offensive line, they spent resources on defense. Uh, 
they, their belief was if we have Mahomes, if we have Reed, if we have Kelsey, we can get by with whoever we want at receiver. Yeah. They thought that. Yeah. And yeah. I, I will say this last year when they had Juju Smith Schuster on the team, who like is a real life professional NFL receiver, mm-hmm. they were able to get by. It didn't always look pretty, but they were able to get by. Uh, that's not what's going on anymore. They're one slot receiver away from being the best offense in the league. One possession receiver, yeah. um, they would be a threat. That or they, they just don't have the guy to take the top off because that was the thing. They always were able to bomb it down the field, right? You just haven't seen too many bombs down the field uh, from uh, Tyreek from in around. This year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that said, after having this conversation, do we look at the Chiefs plus 10.5 to win the, or plus 10.5 to win the Super Bowl? Or not plus ten and a half, but like plus plus a thousand, so ten to one, ten oh. to one to win the Super Bowl. Chiefs. So to... here's the the Chiefs' path is is, is terrible, but I mean, if anybody yeah, can so do the it, Chiefs' uh, path yeah. is 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 uh, like if the AFC goes the way we think it's going to go. So yeah. the Chiefs' path to the to the Super Bowl likely will be the winner of the Indianapolis versus Houston game at Arrowhead next week. Yeah. That will be followed by going to either Buffalo or Miami. And I'll tell you right now, Buffalo is the place I would not want to go of those two. I'm, I'm looking at AFC, as you're saying that, I'm looking at AFC conference winner numbers right now, Craig. Obviously, Baltimore's plus 140. Chiefs are plus 400, but and that's that's third place. Because second place is the Buffalo Bills, who are plus yeah. 375 to win the AFC. And they might they haven't even clinched the fucking playoff spot yet. So, no. um, yeah. uh, We'll get to the game, but I think they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, so, winning at home against, uh, actually, the way it could go, if Buffalo wins that game, Houston gets bumped down a seat. So, let's say Buffalo wins Sunday. Their, their path is win a home game against the Dolphins, Tyreek Hill and the Dolphins. Ooh. That's, that's fun spicy. TV, isn't that? That's spicy. Yeah, that's a spicy If you get that one, going on the road to Orchard Park, New York, and let me tell you, after yeah. the loss there two years ago, Bill's Mafia is going to be ready to go for that one. They were setting. Did you see the clips of them being like, "It's week 17, and they were setting fire. Like they they were setting fire to a table and trying to break it, and it wasn't breaking. So the table was just on fire, and Bills fans were just jumping through. It. Oh god, it was it was mental. It's absolutely mental. I did not see it. That sounds cool. Yeah. Uh, so well. let's say they get that. Let's let's say they get both those games. Uh, yeah. They presumably would be getting going to Baltimore, Maryland, and facing Lamar and the Ravens in the AFC Championship game. Miami, Buffalo, Baltimore. Only one at home. That like that and the, yeah. the, like there's nothing the Chiefs can do about that being their run. If the Bills win, that's their gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless Jacksonville or Cleveland catches the Ravens on a rough day. Yeah. That's true. But yeah, I just don't see that. Yeah. So that that's obviously the toughest thing ever. I don't know. Maybe look into it though. Chiefs, Chiefs winning the AFC is only 400, which is insane to me. The 10 to 1 for the Super Bowl makes a bit more sense. Um, that said, we got this game to talk about. Uh, Chargers to land three and a half. Uh, Chiefs, like I said, it was Chargers minus three. Here's the thing. <laughs> the Chiefs, uh, the Chargers, they're dreadful. But the Chiefs are resting everybody. They got no reason to play anything. This is no Mahomes. This is no anybody. It's Blaine Gabbert uh, and the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs receivers who they've been playing have been unable to hold on the ball. So I can't imagine how bad their backups are going to be. So for that reason, 
I'm going to lay the three with the Chargers in this game. I'm not going to feel great about it, but I'm laying the three with the Chargers. Billy, what do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. If you're having trouble scoring points with Mahomes, what boy, Blaine Gabbert's not going to help solve any of your problems. Um, yeah. I think I'm going with the Chargers. I think you have to in this scenario. Yeah, it's a hold your nose and take the charge. Because, I mean, the Chargers are at least going to be, even though they're banged up, they're at least going to be playing most of their starters. And I know it's, but like, Easton Stick versus Blaine Gabbert, guys. Woo! The matchup we were all waiting for when it was Chiefs Chargers week 18. Uh, <laughs> uh, Craig, what do you think? Chargers laying three and a half. <sighs> I'm, no, I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> Chiefs, I guess, but I'm not putting any actual money on this game. All right, all right. So we'll move on. Okay, the Dallas Cowboys head to Washington to take on the Commanders. Uh, it's Cowboys minus 13. We've already mentioned the Cowboys can lock up the two seed with the W here if they get way ahead. Commanders are bad. Um, that being said, there's only one side you're taking in this football game. If Jacoby Brissett is under center for the Washington Commanders, you're taking 13 points and you're moving on with your life. This is probably this is there's a lot of um, aside from the fact he's not a very good coach, there are some of the Ron Rivera or the, the Vrabel LeJay stuff in the fact that this is probably going to be Rivera's last game. I know he's not a great coach. He's a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to, you know, the analytic movements and whatnot. But I don't think the guys in the locker room have ever hated Ron Rivera. And I think they know this is going to be his last, uh, last hurrah. And I think they would kind of like to do something to frick with the Cowboys in this game. So if Jacoby Brissett is under center for the Washington Commanders, you're you're taking the 13 points, and that's pretty much the only side of this game. I I I think uh, I I'm going to be taking. Otherwise, I'm just probably not going to bet it. Craig, what do you think? Commanders getting 13 at home. Well, Sam Howell starting this game. It was reported uh, this evening. Oh, damn it! So then I'm I'm yeah. off this game then. Damn it all! Damn it all! This Which is why is. I think you see some line movement. So uh, Washington's getting 13 and a half on FanDuel. Oh, wow. Uh, I was going to say, it's been 13 the whole week. I haven't yeah. seen it go to Well, at, at Bat Rivers, they're only getting 12. Interesting. Yeah. Now Very the juice is on, on Dallas at that point if you're, if you're uh, betting that line. Say. Yeah, they probably yeah. Still, it's uh, it, so I think you see movement just because of the quarterback situation. Either way, I, I think I just want the Cowboys. I mean, they just go take care of business. I think Washington's mm-hmm. quit. They've looked confident with Brissett. He's not going to be around. So I want Washington. I want the, the Cowboys rather. Uh, all right, Billy, for, we'll pretend like this was a tiebreaker for all the day, even though I'm technically off the commanders now uh, with Sam Howell and I probably won't be. I'll probably still lay the th- I'll, I'll probably still take the 13. How about you uh, as a tiebreaker on uh, Cowboys commanders? Yeah, I'm, I'm taking the 13. I, I As much as I think the Cowboys are going to go out and win this game, 13 is just generally speaking too many. Um, something small could happen, an interception, whatever it is, changes the whole game, and that 13 starts to look real good. So I'm taking the Commanders and the 13 points. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and declare, unless you guys want to say otherwise, I think because it's not really a lot of – there's no game where two teams have something to play for, but I think, I think Bears-Packers is going to be the marquee matchup of – Oh, yeah, that's the game I'm most interested to see, for sure. Yeah, all right, all right. So we're we're in in lockstep there. If Justin Fields goes and ends the Packers' season, Mm -hmm. man, do the Bears ever have a fascinating offseason ahead of them. I think think they've already got a fascinating offseason ahead of them. Yeah, they do no matter what, but it makes it more fast. Like, if they get smoked this week and Fields looks terrible, and that's the last time you ever see him, it'll Mm -hmm. be easier to say, yeah, we traded him for a third-round pick. 
He looks great though. Like it's. I think I think he's a good. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he is. I I don't think the first. I I don't think the first half of the season. If Denver traded their their third round pick for him, like they don't have a second this year. If Denver yeah. traded their third round pick for him, I'd be really excited. I sh- I sure would be too. Good lord. Um, but yeah, because I I just think there and I mean we, we got all off season discuss this, but there is so much non quarterback. There is like legendary um, non quarterback talent at the first at the top half of this draft for them to grab. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is the best receiver prospect we've ever seen. Yeah, right. Like, come on. Because, like, like the, the remember that, and, and, like, like Calvin Johnson obviously is the comparable as far mm-hmm. as like best receiver prospect we've seen. But remember, there was the question on Johnson. Oh man, that Georgia Tech quarterback play. Like, are we sure? Like, he, he looks awesome and, and everything. It yeah. looks incredible. But the Georgia Tech quarterback was just not good enough for us to really judge what kind of dude this is. Like, mm-hmm. there have been good quarterbacks at Ohio State when Marvin Harrison Jr. has been there, including C.J. Stroud. Uh, we yeah. know what Marvin Harrison Jr. is. There's no question about it. Uh, I think he's the best receiver prospect we've ever seen, and mm-hmm. there would be a, there would be an argument. Well, I shouldn't even say there would be an argument. If the positions didn't matter, and you're just taking the best guy. He goes first in this draft every time. Quarterback yeah. does matter more than receiver, though, so you got to think about it. Yeah, because I mean, they could trade down a, a, a couple of spots, accumulate more capital, yeah, and and still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Right? They Which could say is... to the Patriots at, at three, hypothetically, yeah. if it's them. We're auctioning off. Mm-hmm. This pick, we're going to give you first dibs. We yep. want your first this year and your first next year. Call yeah. us back, and, and then, yeah, then see. Yep, absolutely. Like, yeah, like it's just I, that's what I would do because I think Fields is a is a is a dude. I think he's an absolute but like, dude. So let's say yeah. you can get a second. Let's say you get, Atlanta gives up pick forty eight or whatever it is Atlanta's going to have in the second round for Fields. Yeah. So you can have Drake May. Whatever you get with your own first round pick and pick forty eight, or you can have Justin Fields for two years before you have to for a year rather before you have to pay him a ton of money. Justin yeah. Fields for a year before you have to pay him a ton of money. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh-huh. an extra pick. I, I think you go the Fields way, but again, it's fascinating. They're in a fascinating yeah. spot. I think I think I would. I, th- I think there's just too much of a complete team that can be built with. Anyway, that's my two cents. We got all off season to talk about this, and we got one game left in week eighteen. Uh, and it's a doozy. Uh, unfortunately, the Dolphins aren't going to have all their ducks in a row for this game after the Chubb injury and whatnot. Um, the Bills are laying three, but this is for the, the title of the winner of AFC East. Um, the Bills are laying three in Miami. Uh, let me give you the tail of the tape because these are two damn good teams. This is uh, number three, the Bills in DVOA versus number five in DVOA. Uh, the Dolphins fourth best record against the spread six and ten uh bills where are the bills they did not have a great spread record they're six and ten against the spread so the bills have not been uh they were hankered by that that middle part of the schedule there where we were all like what the hell's going on with the bills <laughs> but uh they seem to have their ish back god the dolphins are too banged up no chub no mostert for this game most likely it is so yeah same thing it's they still got a chain but Man, it is so square to be on the Bills, land three <laughs> against the Dolphins. But my Miami's just – I, I hate the fact that I'm laying three on the road in this matchup because you're supposed to – every gambling added – I guarantee you the Sharps are on the Dolphins too. But, man, are they banged up. 
Uh, so I, man, I know it's square. I know it's square, but I know I'm laying the three with the with the Bills. Maybe I'll come to my senses Sunday afternoon and be like, "What the hell am I doing? It's a, it's a it's a divisional matchup, and the Dolphins are an 11 win team, and they're getting three at home, and I'll come on the Dolphins." But from from where I'm I'm sitting right now, I'm I'm laying the three with the Bills, even though I know it's going to be the square side. Um, I'm just staring at all these Miami injuries, and it's it's tough to get around. Billy, what do you think? Bills laying three in uh, in Miami. I like the Bills. I think they, when they're playing as well as they can play, they're better than the Dolphins. I mean, mm-hmm. the middle of the season, like you mentioned, they struggled a little bit. But I'll tell you, the games where they're firing, I don't see them missing. That Dolphins defense won't be able to slow them down. I think you're going to see a lot of points. You're going to see a lot of fireworks. I, I like the Bills to get the better end of it, so I'm willing to lay the three. All right, Bills in Miami for the winner of the AFC for the AFC East crown. Only one of these teams, Craig, will be partying all week to the break of dawn. Uh, but they're going to Miami. Uh, Dolphins getting three at home. What do you think? Well, rather than Will Smith, how about we just go? Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I'm going to take the Bills. Uh, I think that they're playing better. And the Dolphins have some injury clustering at edge rusher all of a sudden because Jalen Phillips obviously has been out for a while. Yes. And now, uh, after getting hurt in a game in which his team was down by 30 points, Bradley Chubb is also out for the season, which yeah, is not good. That was... I don't know. That was not practice by Mike McDaniel. Like, so it might, I know yeah, that might that that might be if if let's say the Dolphins are one and done this year after the tremendous season they've had, that just might be one of those uh, long term uh, lessons that Mike McDaniel's has learned, right? You know. Yeah. So, like, that, that, he he, that he, might, he didn't yeah. need to be out there. Like, no. the game's over. Yeah. He, and he, he suffered he, two. Yeah, he had an ACL tear at NC State, mm-hmm. and he had one playing for Denver. Like, yeah. So this what are is we doing here now, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so bad. All right. So we're all on the bills, even though, God, that's such a square pick. It's like a team laying three on the road to divisional game for the division crown. God, I'm going to come to my senses and take Miami later. I just, I, I just know I will. Uh, all right. Um, Craig, you had the best record last week at three and two, or sorry, two and three. Unfortunately, it was not a good week for us uh, after a stellar week, week 16. So we've just been kind of mid all year. Uh, we're going to keep that going, though. Craig, uh, week 18, last week of the season, uh, who you got? Uh, well, let's go Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys. Laying 13. New York Giants. Nice pick. And uh, not is that four or five? Sorry that I've said to you. Uh, you need one more. Uh, yes, yeah. I just, I just want to make sure that I I, I hadn't said this one yet because I, I want to say it. I'm taking the Bills. Okay. Laying the three with Buffalo. All right, Billy. Week 18. Take us home. Who you got? Yes, sir. I'm also taking the Bills. Okay. I am taking the 49ers. Taking the Texans. Mm-hmm. I'm taking the Eagles and the Broncos. Pure hopes, you're right. 
Yeah, yeah I sure do. <laughs> I sure do. And not just about the spread, either. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Raiders win by one. Boom! Yes! Matt Pierce throwing stuff at his TV. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I'm going to take... I'm gonna. Some of these are going to sound familiar. I'm going to join Bill with San Francisco. I'm going to join Craig with Chicago and the Giants. And uh, for my two separate picks, I'm going to take the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I just think they're going to be fired up. And I'm, I'm, one last time for Abel... For old times' sake, I'm taking you as a home dog uh, in a divisional matchup, and uh, give me the Falcons. I I, I think the Fal- I, I think it's just this is the only game of the week where it's like this is two teams who have clearly something to play for, and I think it's a buy. I think it's our only actual like buy low, sell high spot uh, that makes sense this week. Uh, so uh, Falcons, Titans, Giants, Bears. And Niners for Matt Pierce this week. Uh, that is it for this week. Crossover Podcast available at crossoverpodcast.com, Facebook.com, slash Crossover Podcast, and iTunes was rate and subscribe, five stars only. We're also on any podcatcher that you happen to uh, be listening to. And if we're not, email us at, at contact at the crossoverpodcast.com and leave us a note. Let us know what one we're not on. And uh, we'll go ahead and get us on uh, whatever podcast you happen to use. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. And uh, that is it for this week. We will be back next week when we know what the uh, who's playing who and talking Wild Card Weekend. Bill and Craig, as always, pleasure doing this with you guys. Take care, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week on the Crossover Podcast. <laughs>